Well, welcome each and every one of you. And, uh, we've got we got this group up here surrounded, so if they get too rowdy, well, we got people that, that's going to calm them down just a little bit. But I'm thankful to see all the Anita's family uh, here, and, and mine and Johnny and Mark's family, all us in-laws, and we're all uh, together here today, and uh, and it's a blessing to, to have all of you here. But if you have your Bibles, would you please turn to the Book of Ephesians, Book of Ephesians, chapter four. Be reading verses one through seven. While you're looking, yes, sir. Did we have all of our service men and women stand up? Yes, sir. I was fixing to get get to that. Uh, if y'all would stand, please, all of our service men and women that are here today, would you stand? your service. Now when we, we think about uh, uh, Memorial Day, uh, we have actually three celebrations for our, our military, maybe even more than that. Uh, but when you think, we just uh, had Armed Service Day not too long ago, and I was reading a thing that, uh, the other day, uh, and it was on Facebook, I'm not going to lie to you where I saw it, but it was something that I, I saw that, that struck a chord with me. Armed Service Day is for those who serve today in uniform. Those that are in uniform, we celebrate them on that day. Veterans Day is uh, for those who hung up their uniforms. And they, several of them stood up here today, so we salute you on Veterans Day. But Memorial Day is the day that we celebrate the ones who died in those beautiful Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And it's, it's nothing wrong with honoring them. I saw another thing where some people went out on the beach of Normandy where 9,000 American servicemen died in one day. And they brought a pattern out and there were several hundred people and they made 900 silhouettes on the beach where these men actually died. And you ought to see the picture when they drew them out. They were life-size silhouettes and what that beach looked like in the aerial view. Yes, we are indebted. We are indebted to people who are willing to give their lives for our freedom today. Yet with that being said, and that much honor, we have another one to be indebted for. Amen. Amen. He gave his life for the whole world. Amen. And we are here not only to honor those who gave their life for our nation, but we're here especially to honor the one who gave his life a ransom for us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. The one who gave himself, he knew no sin at all. And he gave everything he had. He shed every drop of his blood. I was reading the other day where they arrested him. And those high priests, when they got him in that room, spit in his face. And he didn't say a word. 
Thank God. Every day should be Memorial Day. For Him. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us, Lord. It's only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of the hardest works of ministry is to keep people united together in purpose. You see so many churches that are broken because people are pulling in different directions. People are not working together. They're not praying together. They're not, they're not witnessing together. It seems like that we have more selfishness than selflessness in our churches today. But the Lord requires us to be united. The Lord requires us to be of the same mind. One mind and one accord. And he can do miraculous things to a people who are dedicated solely to his purpose and his calling. Amen. So, all of us have people, and you know, might think this is funny, and some of you may not think it's very funny, but there's people in the church that Sometimes you just don't like them. <clears throat> Amen? Amen? There's some people that just rub you the wrong way. And some of us don't deal with that very well. Some of us decide that since I don't like this person or they don't think like I do, I'm going to shun them or worse than that, I'm going to start talking about <coughs> What well, It's going to be real quiet here today. I can see that right now. Preach it anyway. <laughs> it's hard for us to work for God when we have an attitude against another brother. Amen. Another sister. That's why the Lord God, when He said, when Jesus said the greatest commandments is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. Love Him that way, but He said the second like unto it. To love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. He doesn't allow us to have the luxury 
of declaring war on someone in his body just because we don't like them. Just because we don't agree with them. You know, I've, I've got a body that ain't too pretty. But I got one. And well, a long time ago, I fell on a chainsaw and I cut, almost cut my left hand off. And it, it just don't work so good anymore. And it can't do what my right hand can do. It's not as strong. I can't do little tedious things with it. Me and Bob used to work together and he left-handed and I right-handed. He did all the left-handed stuff because I was incapable or too slow. But let me tell you what, I'm not going to lock my left arm off because I don't work as good as my right arm. Amen. I'm not going to hurt my left arm because in anger because it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And sometimes in the body of Christ, that's the way we treat a brother or a sister that's a little different from everybody else. And Paul wants to address this today. He wants us to see that. It's hard for us to work for God when we have this, this idea that we can pick and choose who we're going to deal with and who we want. Jesus died for all people. Amen. Not just for the one we like. He died for the ones that killed him. Amen. And the Bible says that our God is not willing that anyone should perish. That all people come to the saving grace and knowledge of who He is. God's kingdom is an all-inclusive kingdom made up of people who have surrendered themselves to Him. They have answered His call. They have been saved. And let me tell you this. He has not one time asked me my opinion on who he saved and who he didn't. He's not one time asked me my opinion on who to let join the church and who not to let join the church. He hasn't asked me my opinion. Has he ever asked any of y'all that? Hmm. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Now there's a key. We have to repent. We have to confess our sins. We have to believe in Him, call upon His name, and allow Him to save us. It's a choice we make for ourselves. Amen? And so, we have to have power from God to be able to live according to His will in the body of Christ in His church. And there's a lot of people who for whatever reason believe they don't need church. They don't have to go to church. They can worship the Lord on the creek. Maybe. Yeah, you can. But on Sunday, you're supposed to worship the Lord as the body Amen. of Christ. Amen. We didn't need church. I have been to countless funerals in the last year. I mean, many funerals. And you know what you can see the difference? You can see the difference in the people who don't have a church and people who are part of the church. You don't believe that? You go to funerals and you watch what happens. And those people who are a part of the church, there's a body of believers that surround them, that encourage them, that strengthen them, that hold them. 
that hug them, that cry with them, that love them, and meet their needs. But y'all, there's another group out there. They don't have a church. Many of them don't even know a preacher. God loves them just as much as He loves all of them. Amen. Amen. And our work is to see them know Him. Amen. That's our work. That's our calling. That's who we are. And sometimes it requires us to witness to somebody that we have nothing in common with. <clears throat> that we may not even like. You may go up to a person and they start cussing GDs and just dirty, filthy words. Does that mean God don't want to save them? <coughs> Sometimes it'll prevent us from being a witness to them. No one. Told you it's going to be quiet in here today. So in order for us to do what the Lord God wants us to do, Brother Steve, there's something He requires of us. We must be filled with His Spirit. Amen. Without His Spirit, we don't have the power to look over things in other people. Amen. We can't do it. We won't do it. We'll refuse to do it. So Paul tells us in this verse, in verse 1, that we must look at this, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. You say, well, wait a minute, what's a vocation? I like vacation. Vocation's not a vacation. Vocation is defined as a function or a station in life to which a person is called by God. Now let me ask you a question. Has God called you? Now you better say yeah. Amen. <laughs> Has God called you to save you for you to do nothing from that day forward? No. I've got about ten notes. The rest of you ain't sure yet. Did God call us to do anything or to do nothing? When God called us, He made us a part of something way bigger than ourselves. Amen? Amen? And so when He gave us, He said, you need to walk worthy of this calling that I have given you. Now He's going to show us in a minute what that walk looks like and what demonstrates to the world that we are walking in Jesus Christ. Amen? So He tells us this, we are called are drawn into the church by the Lord. My Bible tells me that my God adds to His church as He sees fit. Our part is to hear Him and obey Him when He places us somewhere. And some of us are bad stubborn about that. How many of you ever heard the still, small voice 
of God. Amen. <clears throat> How did you hear it? Was it thunderous? Was it something loud? Was it something that anybody else could hear? Uh-uh. He spoke to you. Sister Pat, he spoke to you personally. Woo! That's it. That ought to make the hair on the neck stand up. To know that the God that created this earth and everything in it speaks to us <clears throat> that way. And He speaks to us in our mind. He speaks to us in our heart. And sometimes we don't even know it's Him. Especially the lost person. But you know when the lost person realizes that it's God, they feel something drawing them. They feel something that says to them, you need to listen. You need to act. You need to get up. You need to bow down. You need to call upon my name. You need to pray. You need to reach out for me. And guess what? Every time, and without fail, when we do that, guess who we find? <laughs> there he is. Faithfully waiting to save us, to forgive us, to write our name down in his book of life, and to add us to his body, the church. Amen? Amen? So he does these things. And so we are, are drawn into the church. We are called into the church. And in order for us to please the Lord in this calling and in his church, we have to have some characteristics that he requires from us again. These characteristics don't come from the natural man. These characteristics come from the power of the Holy Ghost that you received when you answered His call. Amen. Amen. Alright? Look at what He says. Look at verse 2. He says, <laughs> so He's talking about work, walking worthy of our calling or our vocation. And He says, this is the way you walk. The first one, we walk with lowliness. Now us old southern boys, we don't like any of these words. We don't like any of these, this terminology because it requires us to be what we would deem a sissy. Mm. <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. Do you think God's a sissy? Do you think Jesus Christ is a sissy? You wouldn't have seen him. The way he was seen before, he will never be seen like that again. Amen. And when you see him, the last thing you're going to think is sissy. He says, with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love. This is who you have to be to walk worthy of his calling. Amen? Amen. Lowliness is humble. It's a humility of nature and of spirit. 
That's why the Bible tells us that pride goeth before destruction and the Holy Spirit before the fall. God can't work with pride. Matter of fact, that's one of the things he hates, according to the book of Proverbs, is a proud look. Amen? He can't hardly use that. He don't use that. But he does use lowliness. He uses this. Meekness is being humbly patient. How many of y'all are patient? <laughs> I'm not. It's not only being patient, it's being submissive. Now, I don't want y'all to miss this. Meekness is not being submissive to man. Meekness is being submissive to God. Moses was meek, but he wasn't somebody you wanted to monkey with. He did everything God's way according to God's plan. That is what meekness is supposed to look like. But not only is meekness that kind, but there is a gentleness and a kindness that must go along with our meekness. We have to be mild. I have trouble with that. How about the rest of you? He says you got to be long-suffering. You have to be patient while you're enduring trouble. <laughs> Amen. Or injury. And in the church today, there's little long-suffering. It's easier just to run somebody off than to deal with them. It's easier just to insult them and tell them, you just don't need to be here. You're causing too much trouble. Is that what the Bible tells us to do? Mm -hmm. Bible says be long-suffering. <coughs> I think about our little children back here. These little children ain't learned yet how to act in church. How many of you, when you were three or four years old, you, uh, you just sat there so nice and said, you know what, my mama took me outside and hooked me with a switch, I don't know how many times, and every time she brought me back in, if I got loose, I showed out. <laughs> you got to be long-suffering with them. Sometimes people come into the church and they get saved at a later date in life and they've got their old habits and their old customs that they're used to and they don't understand the Word of God. They still, they might look old, but they're still drinking the milk. They don't know how to act. And boy, you let them mess up. You're too old to be acting like that. What's wrong with you? Don't you know how? God help us. Amen. i, I got to move on. And then he says, not only do you have to be low, lowly, and meek, and long-suffering, but you also got to forbear one another. Now this is where it comes in. You know what that means? Mark, we got to put up with people sometimes. Yeah, I've For the common good. For the good of God. Amen. 
We got to, because see, you know what this means? It's the difference between pushing somebody away from God and pulling them to God. Is our work to push people away or is our work to drop people to Him? Amen. That's how important this stuff is. And He gives us the power to be able to do this. And look, and the last line in this verse 2 tells us how all this is supposed to be done. In love. Amen? It's supposed to be done in love. I, I accuse the church of this all the time. We don't love people the way we ought to. Now, now let me tell you. There's a difference between loving people and the will of God. That does not mean that you're lowly, that you're meek, that you're patient, that you're long-suffering, that you forbear. That don't mean that you're to allow the abominations to come into the church. Don't mean that. The abominations can't be cured until salvation occurs. So when the people that are abominable to God show up, that's great then the truth of the Word of God must be proclaimed to them and they have to, have to deal with the Holy Spirit dealing with their lives. Amen. The Holy Spirit requires them to hear, to come, confess, be forgiven, and walk away from the abominable lifestyle. And when we begin to proclaim in the church, oh, you can live that way. God still loves you. He got it. He got you. That's a lie from hell. So don't confuse what I'm trying to tell you today with that. It's not like that. And so we look at this and he says everything has to be done in love. Let me read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We call this the love chapter. And, and in the old uh, King James Version it uses the word charity. So I'm also substitute the word love for charity. It's the same word. He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding symbol, a tinkling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and I have not love, look at this, I am nothing. Uh-oh. <laughs> Boy, a lot of people think you can't have church unless you move a mountain. A lot of people that look down their noses at other church people because they don't believe the same way. We're not allowed to look down our noses at other people. Amen? Amen. Amen. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, Wow, that's quite a commitment right there. And I don't have love. It profiteth me nothing. That means you can come in here and you can fill these plates up every Sunday. And if you ain't got love, you might as well just carry it back to the house with you. Amen. Amen. You know why my God owns the cattle of a thousand fields? He owns all the gold and the silver. We're going to step on that stuff. Amen. Amen. You give, it's a blessing to give. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. 
Amen. Amen. And then he says, love suffereth long. You want to know how to get long suffering? You have to learn to love people, whether you like them or not. Love envies not. Love vaunteth not itself. And it is not puffed up. That means you don't get to fake love. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, have you ever thought, you know, church would be a lot easier to go to if so and so just leave? That'd make it easy, wouldn't it? Did the Lord tell us when He saved us that being living for Him was going to be easy? I hadn't found that in the scripture yet. Amen. And so we suffer long. It's not daunted itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. Now I don't know about y'all, but I've seen some people just show themselves in church before. And y'all, the body is not just in the building. We're not just talking about in here, by the way. The body is you, not the house. So when you get out in the world and you're still part of the body of Jesus Christ and you act these ways, you think he's happy with that? You're not, you're not to act ugly. That's what unseemly means. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, Christians are not supposed to fight at the drop of the hat. People, Christians are not supposed to want to fight when you get insulted. Ooh. But look what it does. Love. It rejoiceth not in iniquity. It don't rejoice in sin. It, don't, it rejoices in the truth. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And I love verse 8. Charity, love, never fails. Amen. <laughs> you want to win? Love. Amen. Let the love of God be shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Let people see Jesus Christ in you. Let them see. See, the Jesus we're going to see next is the great King and the Lord of Lords. That's not who we are. The Jesus we're supposed to look like is the humble servant that came and died for us. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So that's what I got to move on. I know I'm running out of time. We must be humble. We must be humble. And we must do these things in order to, and, and look at why we're supposed to do these things. Let's go back to our text. Look, look at why we're supposed to do these things. Verse 3. Why do you got to be lowly? Why do you got to be meek? Why do you got to be long-suffering? Why do you got to forbear? Why do you got to put up with people? <clears throat> he says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You know what's wrong with the church today? It's just, we're not the church anymore. We're the 
churches. We're not united in Christ. We're divided in Christ. It's not about Jesus Christ and Him crucified anymore. It's about what do I believe about the Word of God and what it says. And if you don't believe what I believe, then you can't be a part of this. Uh-oh. God help us. Denominations are one of the worst things that ever happened to Christianity. Because they focused, instead of focused on our commonality, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, we began to focus on what the differences were between us. And the doctrines that were created by denominations was to focus on what we differed on. In order for us to be united, we got to start where we start where we started to begin with. At the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Looking up to the one who laid in there. Looking to the one who died for me and you. Looking for the one who poured out his spirit upon us. Who gives us the power to be able to live for him. To be able to do these things. To be able to be meek. To be able to be lowly. Amen. We've got to get back to him. And we got to get behind him. Follow him. And quit following men. Amen. Amen. And he says it so beautifully. He says we have one body. Just one. We have one spirit. Just one. You have one hope of your calling. Just one. You got one Lord. Just one. His name Jesus. You got one faith. It's a gospel. You got one baptism. You're buried with him and you're raised in newness of life. Glory to God. You got one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And if he's not in you, you don't have anything. That's right. Amen. Including the power to live this way. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. He says, you've got all of these things. This is what we've got to get back to. Amen. We don't serve a different Jesus. We ain't but one. Amen. Hmm. And how do we have this? Look in verse 7. We have all of this. Every one of us is given this by grace. According to to the measure of the gift of Christ. That's why the scripture tells us in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace you are saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. <laughs> for we are his. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> Glory. We are His. Why are we His? <coughs> because He bought us. He redeemed us. He ransomed us. 
He paid our debt. And we are His. Hallelujah. For we are His. And we are His workmanship. Now look at this. Don't miss this. Because He just told you what you got to do to be saved. Now look at the result of your salvation. We become His workmanship. That means when we say yes to Jesus, He begins to make us who He wants us to be. And it says that we're His, His workmanship created in Jesus Himself unto good works which God hath before ordained. Now listen to this. That we should walk in them. So how do you walk worthy of the vocation of your calling? That way. Salvation filled with the Spirit and began to work in the name of Jesus. For the cause of Jesus. For the purpose of Jesus. And you know what that purpose is? He came to this world for one purpose. To save those that are lost. He did it by dying on the cross. But the reason He died on that cross was so you and me can have salvation and live for Him in the body the way Paul told the Ephesians they had to live. To walk worthy of that vocation. I guess today the question is are you saved? Are you walking in these good works of Jesus? Are you meek? Are you lowly? Are you long-suffering? Are you forbearing toward one another? Are you trying to keep the unity of the church? Jesus made it plain to us all. A house divided against itself cannot stand. That don't just mean the devil's house. That applies to the church house too. Amen? Amen. So let's keep the unity and the bond of peace. So I want to ask you to do something today as we close. I want to ask you to stand. I want to ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to examine your own self. I don't want you to examine the one next to you or the one behind you or the one in front of you. I want you to examine yourself. And I want you to ask yourself, am I walking worthy of my calling in Jesus? These altars are open for prayer. As you examine yourself, do what he tells you to do. He says, come, come. He says, bow, bow. He says, pray, pray. He says, go touch your brother. Grab him, pull him out, love on him, hug on him, pray with him. What's he telling you to do? What's that voice saying to you right now? Y'all are saying the game. 
table. Some of the decisions we make are the difference between heaven and hell. Some of the decisions we make is the difference between whether our children will be saved or our husbands or our wives will be saved. We have to always choose Jesus. We always have to choose obedience to Him. And when we choose that, we have to know what His Word requires of us. And we have to use the power that He gives to me and you. It dwells in you to make the right choices. To seek forgiveness. It's never too late to start living for Jesus Christ. It's never too late. Won't you come? Won't you pray? Won't you bow down? Won't you humble yourself before Him? You can't humble yourself before men until you humble yourself before Christ. And Lord, I need to be more long-suffering. I need to be more understanding. I need to be meek. Lord, most of all, I need to be these things because I love you. Are you willing to do that today? Thank you for that, and uh, and uh, I know that uh, this Memorial Day holiday, I just pray that uh, that you remember those who have fallen and the families of those who had sacrificed. You know, it's not only those that fell that sacrificed; it's the families they fell <coughs> from that are still bearing a burden for that. We'll be in prayer for one another. Don't forget about the church, the unity of being part of a body, wanting to see the church excel. Not just to grow for numbers, but to grow for the glory of Jesus. Amen. This is His church. Don't belong to me and you. And He walks in the midst of this. Every time we're together, He comes in the midst of us and allows us to feel His presence in our lives. Thank God for the presence of Jesus Amen. in our lives. When He says that I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'm a brother, I'm going to stick closer than a brother, that's what you feel when you feel His presence in your life. God bless you all. Thank you. Bless each and every one of you for being here tonight. and. Uh, and I hope that uh, that you've had a, a good afternoon. Uh, we've definitely had an eventful one. My family has, and, and so uh, we had a good time and enjoyed a sweet time of fellowship with, with Anita's family.
and uh, all the in-laws and the outlaws. We want to continue uh, tonight with the uh, with the uh, thought of the sermon this morning. Uh, I get all this stuff keeping falling out of my Bible, uh, and I want what what I want us to really focus on is is uh, what we talked about about walking worthy uh, of the vocation. Uh, that that we have in Christ Jesus in the vocation of our calling, and I want to uh, share with you a scripture. Before I get started, I need some scripture readers. I got four scriptures. Who wants to read one? Brother Gary, uh, would you get uh, Philippians chapter two, verses two through eight? <coughs> Terry, would you do Titus uh, chapter three, verses two through six? Got two more. Who wants one? Brother Ad. Would you look up uh, Colossians uh, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15? And who was Brother Sam? Oh, it's going to be a long one. It's three verses. This is silent. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses uh, uh, 8 through 11. Actually, that's four verses. It was 8, 9, 10, 11, 4. Anyway, uh, so we want to we wanna continue to talk about, uh, about walking. Uh, right with the Lord, and uh, this morning we, we talked about uh, walking in lowliness, walking in meekness, walking and forbearing one another in long suffering. And so we're going to continue in that tonight, and just see what else the Bible has to say. And, and uh, you know the the that that phrase that Paul used uh, uh, pointing to the Ephesians is the phrase that he also used in other letters that he wrote to other churches about walking worthy. So it's it's a it's a theme there that we all need to understand that uh, Johnny's uh, who was it testified about our salvation it was AD the brother AD I think that said that you know Christ died for us we get saved now we have a mission to accomplish Amen and that mission is is to walk in the light as He is in the light uh, that's one way to put it another way to put it is to 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 let people see Christ in us. But uh, Paul put it like this. He said, you need to walk worthy of the calling that you have in Jesus Christ. So if he's called you into salvation, we need to walk our lives and be worthy uh, to be counted as a saved person. And we need to be a demonstration or an example of that to the world, that they need to see Christ in us, which is the hope of all, uh, the hope of glory for all people. Uh, Jesus uh, modeled this for us. Uh, the Bible says about Jesus that he was meek and lowly in his heart. Okay? And now listen to me. If the God of all creation would take on a robe of flesh and he lived a life of, a life of lowliness and meekness, what do you think he expects from us? Amen? He is our example. <coughs> Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse uh, 29 uh, listen to what he said. I'm going to read 28.9. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a great promise from the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you ever had to come to him when you just, you were so burdened down? You had so many things going on. You were hurting so bad. Maybe you were sick. Maybe it was something that was just killing you in your family. He, he says, You come to me with that. Bring that to me. He said, Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you some rest. I'll give you some peace. And he says, Take my yoke upon you. That sounds burdensome, doesn't it? That he wants us to take a yoke. Now, y'all, any of y'all that ever have no cow? 
uh, and seen a yoke on that cow. Have you ever seen them? Uh, my uncle had an old cow that she just, you, they called her cyclone. They had, she was named that for a reason. There wasn't a fence that could hold her. So what they did, they built a yoke that bolted around her neck and it had a big old long hook that went up to the top and it had a big old long hook at the bottom and she couldn't put her head down without plowing. And it broke her from tearing down all the fences. It kept her in the pasture. So he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. Now, so what does he tell us? He wants us to learn about him, that he is meek and he is lowly. So he's wanting us to understand that because he's meek and lowly in heart, that's the way he wants us to be. And, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. That's beautiful, isn't it? And then the yoke that I just described to you that was on the cow, he's kind of the yoke that the Lord puts on us. He goes on to say, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, how can the yoke of the God be easy and light on us? Anybody have an idea? Because he took all the rest of it on himself. Because he's already paid all the price for it and he has given us his spirit to dwell in us to create this ease, to give us the strength and the power to be able to do these things. And we need to, y'all, I keep telling y'all over and over, you need to ask the Lord to fill you more every day. Just keep filling me. Fill me and fill me and fill me. That is our strength. That's where we draw the ability to be able to live a life for him every day. Because you know what? Life ain't good every day. Amen? And so when life ain't good, it's easy for us to have this, this downhearted appearance and look, and people can look at something. Have you ever looked at somebody and tell them they're having a bad day? Amen. But you know what? <laughs> when you see somebody that don't look like they're having a bad day that is, that speaks something to you, doesn't it? Amen. That tells you they know somebody. They know Christ. All right, so we're going to look at, at, at what the scripture tells us about, uh, about being uh, living uh, lowly and, uh, and what that means. Brother Gary, you've got Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 8. Would you read that for me, please? Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in life and lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not every man own his own things, but every man also own the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful what Christ has done for us and where he came from in order to accomplish that very thing. He came from heaven, took on a robe of flesh, humbled himself to death on the cross. Why? Why did he do that for? Because he loves us so much. Or chapter 9, too. Yeah. That's what he, 9 said he highly exalted him for that. 
That's right. He, he did. He highly exalted. But I want you to look at verse 2 where he started. He said, I want you to fulfill ye my joy that you be what? Like-minded. You see that? And not only like-minded, having the same love <coughs> and being of one accord of one mind. He wants us to be united in our purpose, in our belief, and knowing who he is. <coughs> and the purpose that for that is that we can accomplish things together. You know, this may not be a good illustration, but you remember the Tower of Bible? And you remember that uh, the men all spoke the same language. Amen? They could communicate with one another. And because they could communicate with one another, you remember what the Lord said about them? They can accomplish what they set out to do because they're united and have one purpose and one language. And he caused confusion of language so that they couldn't communicate and he put a stop to what they were doing because what they were doing was against his will. Well, the same thing, the same reasoning applies to us if we're building things for the kingdom work that if we communicate that way, that we have one mind and one accord and we speak in the same language, it's all about Christ, we can accomplish anything that he puts before us. you believe that? And that's what he's trying to tell us here. He says, so let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. And then he says, but in lowliness of mind. And he goes on to say that we need to esteem others greater than ourselves. That's contrary to the way we are. That's contrary to who we are. We're more likely to look down our nose at somebody than to say somebody is greater than I am. And he ain't talking about uh, in, in the stature of life. He's not talking about, well, is the president greater than the preacher? No. 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 Because I'm going to tell you the truth for one thing. But anyway, we don't go there. But he says here, he said, so you esteem others better than yourself. What was the golden rule that Jesus Christ gave us? <clears throat> Do unto others. He didn't tell you to, to, to esteem others greater than yourself. He said to treat other people the way you would want them to treat you. Boy, if we could just get that down. Yeah. Amen. We wouldn't have all the racial strife. We wouldn't have everything going on if we just treated everybody. If everybody just treated everybody else the way they want to be treated, it would be a whole different problem. Amen. The Lord knows something, doesn't he? he? He's got it going on. But you know what? It's up to us to, to do that. It's up to us to fulfill that, to do that, perform that action that he's shown us. So Paul here says, esteem others better than yourself and, and, and look on the things of other people. That don't mean to be nosy and get in somebody else's business. It means to help a person accomplish something they want to do. Help them. Don't be a hindrance to them. Help them. Be a brother to them. Be a sister to them. And do those things. And thank God for the church here. Y'all are so good about helping each other. And I see it all the time. And so you say, well, Brother Gary, you keep preaching it like we're so bad. I just don't, I don't want us to get that way. Amen. Right. 
Amen. I, I just love it when the when the church is called on and, and to, to to be there for someone to help somebody. I tell you what, all you got to do is make some phone calls and you get yes after yes after yes after yes after yes. And sometimes you have people just walk up and say, what can I do? Hallelujah. That's what it's supposed to be, Brother Jim. It's supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be so excited and enthused about church that we want to get in there and lend a hand. We want to help out. We want to see things accomplished. What do we need to see more accomplished more than anything? People come to know Jesus Christ. People who have fallen by the wayside to come back from the wayside and find a, a, a new thriving relationship. And that happens through fellowship. It happens through love. It happens through prayer. It happens through the demonstration. As people just see the demonstration of the, of the Spirit in our lives and in the church and they feel the presence of God, it's, it, it draws them to it. And, and we need to continue to make people feel that way when they come here and beyond here. Amen? And so he, he says to do this, and then he <coughs> let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Well, what was in the mind of Christ that we read a while ago? What was in the heart of Christ? He's meek and lowly. What he said in Matthew, that he was. He's meek and lowly in heart, and he wants us to be that way. And so he says, who being in the form of God, and he shows the proof of it, that because of who he was and who he became and what he did with what he became, he did it all for us. God himself became a man and died. It's just almost unfathomable, isn't it, that he would do this. But that's what he did. He said, in being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. He esteemed us greater than his own self. Man, isn't that amazing? That's our God. And that is why he wants us to have that mindset that we do this for other people. And there's nothing, there's nothing more beautiful than to see a person who lives this type of life that they worry about everybody else's needs. And you go ask them, well, what do you need? I don't need nothing. I'm good. I can see some of y'all's faces in my mind when I say things like that. So there's some, there's those people here. Amen? All right, so uh, any questions about this? Or any comments? <coughs> it just always amazes me. Uh, just not a question, but... God being a being who who cannot die made himself man so that he could experience death and know what it is that we go through when we face death. And it's just absolutely amazing that this God who created us is willing to do this to us to even understand us even better. Right. I know we did it to for salvation for our salvation. I know that. But there's also the reason that he wanted to understand us even better. I'm I'm not saying that he didn't <coughs> understand us, he did, but there was one thing he could not do and that was die. Mm -hmm. He had to die for us. Have you ever wondered when Christ and I've got a theory about that. And it's just a theory. It, it's nothing the Bible tells us. But when the Lord 
spoke from the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God couldn't die, but that man did. Yes, he did. And I believe with all my heart that when he got to that point in his manhood and in mankind where he became that perfect sinless sacrifice, that God departed from him and he died as a man. Absolutely. And I believe when the resurrection happened, that one that departed from him then came right back to him and poof, there he was. That's just a theory of mine. I will not say that. Well, we but I, well, same theory, theory all our lives. So. I believe that. Mine is just a theory. It, nothing in the Bible actually <clears throat> goes to that point. But yeah, it, it just, just don't it just, tell us that. It just amazes me. That's right. That this God is willing to do. And another thing, He had to experience the temptations that we experience so he could become a greater high priest for us in glory because he understands our temptation. Absolutely. And he also, he, he don't approve of our falling to temptation, but he understands how that could happen to us. And that's why he's such a great high priest in heaven because he understands those things with us. Well, what are our two greatest fears, especially once we become his, our two greatest fears is failing him, therefore falling to temptation, and dying. Now, once we become his, and if we truly know we are his, we no longer fear death. Right. But before we truly know we are his, we fear death. Absolutely. And that's uh, our two greatest fears. And he. He addressed them both, didn't he? He addressed them both. All right, let's look at uh, at, at meekness. And uh, uh, Terry, Sister Terry, you've got Titus chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. Would you read that for me, please? To speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish and disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But with the kindness, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration from the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. All right. So when you look at this scripture right here, I love verse two, because see, we come from a, an area at, at, around here where I don't know about y'all, but I was raised up in a little community called Ramana, Arkansas. <coughs> On Saturday night, Friday night, they came in from work, they got cleaned up and they hit the bars that used to exist in Louisiana down there. And the next day when you saw them, they liable to look the same or they liable to look all beat up and mangled because of the fights and the things, and they would brag about the trouble they got into. They would brag about what they did to old so-and-so. What they said, and I won't put up with that, and they, y'all know, what they, am I the only one that's experienced that in his life? Yeah. I used to sit there on the, I had a cousin, and he was supposed to be so bad. And he came in one day, one Sunday morning, we saw him, he, he didn't have a place on his head that didn't have a knot on it. 
you couldn't hardly tell who he was by looking at him in the face. His eyes were so swollen. He had big knots on top of his head. His chin had blood uh, knots hanging off of his chin. He had been beat to a pulp. Amen. Well, look what the scripture says. He says, speak evil to, of no man and be not a brawler. There's no way you can live that type of life and be a representative of Jesus Christ. Amen. It, ain't, it can't happen. You can't do it. I don't care what people tell you. You can't live like that and say, I love Jesus and I know him as my Savior. And so he, he says you can't be a brawler. And what are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be gentle and you're supposed to show people meekness in your life. That's what he says, verse 2. But he said to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. You see that? All men. And then he goes on and he, he, he describes other things. For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient. Now, now look at this. He said we ourselves were, were sometimes. That means we used to be this way. We're not supposed to be this way anymore. That we, that we were disobedient, deceived, serving uh, divers' lusts of pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. He says that's the way we used to be, but that's not the way we are anymore. Amen. That's it. We can't be those people anymore because we can't represent Christ and people can't see Christ in us if we're that way. But then he says, but after, you know, I think, Troy, what you taught us that, that night, uh, uh, the but God thing. Well, you can be that way, but when God shows up and he gets in your heart, you can't be this way anymore. Hey, dude, that's our part. He shows up. He, he inhabits. We change. And, and it, it's so simple and when you say it that way, and yet it's so difficult for some of us to do. And so he says, but after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward men appeared. Now after Jesus appears, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Now we're not this person anymore. Now we're not a brawler anymore. Now we're not a deceiver anymore. Now we're not disobedient anymore. We have something that's happened to us that causes us to want to please him. Because of something he's done for us. He's given us, you know, I think part of the excitement of salvation is that whether you actually know it and understand it or not, I think it's something that, that the Lord gives us when he saves us. It's a thrill. It's an excitement because he just gave us eternal life. Whether you comprehend it or not, yet or not, you're just glad you got it. You're glad you got saved. You're so happy. And that's part of it. Amen. So he, he says that he, he has given us this. He has given us salvation by the washing re, uh, and, uh, of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he, listen to me now, I tell you all the time, you got to have the Holy Spirit. you got to have the Holy Ghost in you. He said because he says uh, he has uh, regenerated us and renewed us by the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us. You see that? Now, now Jesus... Paul, put, he kind of uses old uh, Jewish wording here. Jesus made it plain. He ain't on us. He's in us. 
Amen. And Paul, Paul reverts kind of back to this, but he said he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So the meekness, the lowliness, the meekness, all of those things that we have, the Lord equips us through the Holy Ghost to be able to exhibit these characteristics that show that we live for him. And that's the way we walk uprightly before him. We walk the way he did. Any questions about this? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, I, what scriptures are these? I, I want to have uh, write these down. That is the uh, last one. Sir? The last one that was read. Uh, that was Philippians, uh, the one that Terry read? Yes. Yeah. That is Titus chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. Titus chapter 3, okay. verses 2 through 6. I thought she read through 7. She did read through 7. <coughs> oh, Thank you very much. And so I'm glad she did because because he is our Savior. Now look at the what well she did read extra that I didn't have to read. I had, I had a highlight. It was a God thing. You, you completed the thought that was in it. Because he is our Savior and because now he dwells in us, look at verse 7. Now we are justified. That's a good word for us. That's what the saved person gets is justification. And we're justified not by ourselves. Not even by our actions, but by his grace. Amen? That's about the reason the Bible is the scripture we read from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 9. By grace you're saved through faith. It's what he says. So he said, You're justified uh, by this, this grace. And not only are you justified, you're made an heir. Amen? And we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, that word hope don't mean that. Oh, I hope I get to do it. I hope I get to do it. That's not what he means. Amen? Because Jesus didn't say, I'm going to save you and uh, maybe I'll give you eternal life. Uh, if you'll believe on me, I might let you live forever. That ain't what he said. He said, when you believe on me, you shall receive eternal life. And so this word hope is not the way we look at the word hope today that we hope something might happen. This is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. This is an assurance that we have in Jesus. It, it's why we he saved us and we're justified by him. All right, now let's look at the other one, uh, another one that we had this morning. And I kind of got these out of order because long-suffering is supposed to come next, but I want to wait for long-suffering for the last. But, so the last one that we looked at this morning was forbearing one another. Now, I told you all this morning, forbearing means you putting up with each other. Sister Sherry, you've got to put up with Johnny Crow. <laughs> oh, no. That's bad. Oh, for how long? As long as y'all are together. So he says, so we have to forbear one another. That's part of, of our walking worthy of Christ. It's part of our walk in him. And so Colossians, who's got Colossians? Uh, A.D., Brother A.D., you've got Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, perfectness, 
and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. More? No, that's good. Thank you. Uh, so you, you see here that he says forbearing one another, and, and forbearing one another, I, I told y'all that means you have to put up with each other, and in order to put up with each other, you have to consistently and constantly forgive people. And you know, it's a hard thing when you say, I got to forgive somebody that don't even ask for my forgiveness. Is that the way I got to do this? Yep. Sorry. <laughs> we got to forgive people. He says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And then he goes on and, he, and he's demonstrated here. If any man have a quarrel against any, that means so that if you have a disagreement with somebody and you actually have a quarrel, now a quarrel, that may not be a fist fight. It may be a screaming match. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have actually seen screaming matches in church houses before. And it's not a pleasant thing to see. It's not a pleasant thing to be involved in. It's not a pleasant thing to be. It's a matter of fact, it brought shame is the way I felt about it. I felt ashamed that that happened in God's house in, in the body of Christ. And he says these things ought to be. He knows we're going to get, not get along sometime, Brother Troy. He knows we're going to disagree sometime. But what Johnny said a while ago about, about you know, the, the, the church may vote a different way from what you want to do, but when they vote it and they do it, you get behind them and do it. That's what he's telling us right here. Don't quarrel, don't stir up a stink, don't go out and gather up your little army and say, I ain't gonna part with that. Because now you, you destroy unity in the church. Amen? You're not in one mind anymore. You're not in one accord, and you know what? The Lord's sitting there shaking his head and the devil's going, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just starts agging us on. That's why we got to have the armor of God on, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we got to wear the armor. And so he says, above all these things, put on love, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. The closest to perfect that we can get. And we're none of us perfect, Amen. But the closest to perfect we can get is if we can love everybody. And I'm talking about a godly love. I ain't talking about a perverted love. The closest to perfection we can get in this life is to love the brethren. Amen? Amen. That's what the scripture says. He says, and above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let them, and when you get that, now, you, now, when you get the, the, the bond of perfectness, when you get the love of God shed abroad in your heart and everybody sees it and it exhibited to other people, even people that, that, that you might want to quarrel with, look at what he says here. He says, now, <laughs> and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. If you can live this way, you can be peaceful inside. Amen. Now, I haven't got that quite down yet. <laughs> Don't laugh, most of you ain't either. Amen. I might let it slide, but it's going to start eating on me before it's over with. I ain't laughing at you, brother. <laughs> I know you, Troy. And if I'm not careful... If I don't take care of it, if I don't squash it, if I don't bow my knees, if I don't ask the Lord to help me, it's going to show back up. 
And all that peace that I could have had if I'd have just kept my mouth shut and swallowed my pride and experienced the meekness of Christ and the forgiveness, whether they deserved it or not, all out the window because I couldn't keep it suppressed. And the Lord don't tell us to suppress it. He says, give it to him. There's a big difference in that. Amen? Amen. All right. Any questions about this? <laughs> and, and not only that, he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to thee which also you are called into the one body. So he expects us to do this. We're called to do these very things right here. And be ye thankful that you can do that. Hmm. You know what that means? We've got to swallow our pride sometimes. One more, we're going we're gonna to shut her down. Colossians, we're going to talk about long suffering. And this is also in Colossians. And the reason I say this for last and got it out of order, because, uh, you know, I told you all this morning, uh, or a while ago when we first started, that uh, it's about walking worthy that, uh, that we do these things. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. Brother Sam, would you read that for me, please? 8 through 11? Yes, sir. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Okay, so he, he says here that, uh, and, and, and I cut it off early, he's, he's talking about uh, uh, the things that this church is doing uh, with, that, that they've accomplished that pleases Christ. And he starts it off saying, Who also, and he's talking about a, a brother, Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who is, is for you a faithful minister of Christ. He's the one that's relayed this information to Paul, who has also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So this, this, this man has come to Paul. Paul's in prison, and he's telling him about the church at, Col at Colossae, and he tells them that they have the love of the Spirit in their hearts, and Paul's excited about this. And so he, this is where he comes in with this scripture, and he said, for this cause... Because you have the love of the Spirit in you. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Paul was praying for these people. He was locked up. He couldn't, he was under house arrest, but he was still praying. Every church that Paul had established, he knelt and prayed for. He called these people by name. He knew who was there. He had emissaries that would come from these churches to, to bring news of what was going on. They were excited to be able to tell Paul, guess what's happening in our church, y'all? Would to God that we could get that excited about our church and tell everybody we meet. Oh, you ought to just be there. You ought to feel the excitement. Amen. And you know what? You can't share that if you don't feel it. Amen. And so he says, I do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled. He, and he, Paul knew when he prayed for these people that they needed something. He said, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
because they had the love of the Spirit in them, he knew that they were, had the Spirit that would give them understanding, that, that, that the knowledge, you know what? Understanding don't come if you don't study. <laughs> Amen? The Lord expects us to study. That's why Paul told them to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul knew Timothy had the Holy Spirit and he knew that as long as he studied, the Holy Spirit was going to give him understanding. And he will us too. Of the word, he gives us understanding in situations just like we're in right now and on Wednesday night. And, but look at this. He said that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. There's some things that we read in the Bible that we cannot understand except the Spirit reveals it to us. Think about it. But look, there's a reason we need this. Look at what he says in verse 10. That, that means with all this going on, with the love of the Spirit and, and the Spirit being in you, and you're filled with knowledge, you're filled with wisdom, you're filled with spiritual understanding, now... You can walk worthy of the Lord. You see that? There's the word again, the walking worthy of God. It does matter how you act. It does matter what you say. It does matter how others perceive you. You know what I hear people say all the time? I don't care what they think about me. You ever said that? I've said it a whole bunch of times. It's an arrogant, prideful thing that we should never do. Because that's not working, walking worthy of our Lord. And so he says, so you, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, not pleasure, not pleasure, pleasing. He's talking about pleasing God, not pleasing yourself. To all pleasing and then being fruitful, that means we bear fruit for the Lord. That means we accomplish things that the Lord gives us to do. That's bearing fruit, by the way. And, and uh, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, we're supposed to grow in the grace and knowledge of God as we mature as Christians. We're not supposed to say at the same level of understanding. We're not supposed to. But many do. Why? Because they don't study. They don't rely on the Spirit to give them their knowledge and understanding. And then this last verse, strengthened with all might. What gives us our strength? The Holy Spirit. According to his glorious power. Where did the power come from? The Bible gives us two things where we receive power. What are they? Anybody know? The gospel and the Holy Ghost. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and the Holy Ghost gives us the power to witness. So we get our understanding from the power of the gospel, the knowledge that we have, the understanding that we have, so that we can live it through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit, you can't live it, nor can you understand it. Okay? Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering. Now look at this. We're not supposed to be patient and long-suffering and say, well, why do I always got to give in? <laughs> you 
You ever had your kids do that? I used to tell Melissa all the time, and say, you know, when she'd get the bigger, because she was old, she was the oldest, and I thought, well, you know, the little ones don't, the little ones don't understand, so she's going to learn to understand. She get, she'll say, why do I always got to get in? And if we're not careful, we'll do the Lord Jesus Christ that way. Why do I always got to be humble? Why do I always got to be meek? Why do I always got to forgive? Why do I, you think it? He said, don't look at it like that. Think it a joy. A joy. That because of who he is and because who he is in you, you can accomplish these very things. A joy to do that. Huh? Yeah. Amen. Any questions? Boy, I'm a good teacher, right? <laughs> I sure do love y'all. Uh, I, I, I pray that the Lord has shown you some things today about what it means to walk worthy in Him. It's, and if you'll notice, it's all contrary to the way we, we would live in our flesh. It's all got to be done through the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm always preaching to you. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, fill me again. Fill me today. Fill me up. Let me overflow. Give it to me, Lord. I'll, I'll take all you'll give me, and he'll give it to you. Amen. And you'll be glad you did. Would you stand? We'll have a short time of invitation. <coughs> if anybody would like to come and pray, would you bow your head, please, close your eyes. Living this way is not natural to us. And from some of us who were raised, I don't want to say backwards, because that would be an insult to our raising. We weren't backwards. But it was different than now. And I'm just thankful that the Lord revealed himself to so many. I remember so many of those I heard bragging about going to the bars and the fights before they departed this life met Jesus Christ. And you didn't hear that stuff from them anymore. Matter of fact, they didn't even bring it up anymore. I remember seeing old uncles and cousins being parts of their funeral and just rejoicing in the fact that they had met Jesus Christ. And he had saved them. A lot of them gone on to the reward. What a great God that would come down from heaven take on the robe of flesh and willingly die so that we could be saved. Praise his name. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Uh, don't, all y'all who's been coming to the VBS stuff, uh, thank you for being here and showing up. And uh, and I know that uh, we're probably going to have even <coughs> more that's not showing up for these meetings. And It'll be here for you. Know, what's the dates on that, Anita? June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It'll be here before you know it. 
So don't be discouraged by people <coughs> showing up because when 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 you when when it all starts, you'll have help. Amen. And uh, and we want to we want to be praying for our BBS. We want to be praying that some of our children are saved. Amen. June the sixth, which is next Sunday, right? Yeah, we're going to meet here at three and try to get the stage, this front part done. So we'll need some men to help us move some of the furniture off of it. Okay, I'll send you some. <laughs> we'll, we'll work till five when church starts, and you get the one staff to work a little longer. Okay. All right. So remember that next week, three o'clock. Well, they will announce it next Sunday morning. Is that overtime? <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for, for being the Lord's church. And and just remember, let's live lowly, meek, with long suffering, and let's walk uprightly before God. And let him let him be exhibited in our lives. Let people see Christ in us. I remember that this week. Be humble. Amen. You remember that old country song? Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> Amen. It is. It's hard. And the Lord knows that we can't do it without him. So he's, he's come along, and he's here, so we can. So let's let's be humble. Brother Gary, would you just miss us, please? Let's press the Father again. Thank you for this day. Thank you for these words tonight that you have given us and help us to take them into our heart to study them and just completely receive them. We love you, Father. We thank you again for all the things you have done, all the things you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.